Well, this is Colin Bossler. I am the president and CEO of Age of Metal. US. That's my website, ageofmetal.us, and uh, I'm really thrilled to be part of the middle-aged metalheads, and uh, I hope everybody keeps on listening, because we're going to keep on talking. Dag Butt is going to like you. Welcome back to part two of Guitar Gods, where you get to hear the middle-aged metalheads talk about our unsung heroes of the six and seven string guitar. All right, Dave, go with go with an underrated. I can't. We got no. We we lost. I don't our, do that. We, did we lose Michael and Ken? I'd only jump on stage for Rob Halford. See, yeah. What do you guys think of the new album? Fire. I think it's really good. I mean, I don't know. It's like I just saw him live, and it kind of bummed me out that he looked at the teleprompter like ninety percent of the show. But the voice is there. Yeah. All right. I'll have to check it out. Sounds great. But a new record? There. Yeah. Firepower. It's about a year old. Okay. Yeah. It's really good. But I mean, now both guitarists are gone. I. I mean, it's Judas Priest in name only, really. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about that whole thing. I sure. I just lose. You know, it's like you get a band, and I'm trying to think of like bands who are like have done this already. Like for 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 me. You know, this is like my, I guess, my generation of of bands where they're like losing most of their members. You know, I mean, Kiss is still, you know, halfway there. Halfway there. I I mean, there's a few bands that are still on the road that are that are all the guys. Poison, Def Leppard. Um, Poison is still still all of them. Poison is still the four. Wow. When they go out. Yeah. Uh, Def Leppard, if you call Vivian an original member, which obviously he's not, but the original member's dead, so close enough. Right. They should just uh, get a hologram Steve Clark. Yeah. I mean, Rat, primarily because they can't get along more than like three shows. How many guys are... Who's, who picked up Robin Crosby's spot? Uh, someone... Rep Beach? Oh, yeah. About, he's great. Yeah, I think. He's a really good guitar player. And then... You know, D. Martini was back for a while and then left oh. again. He was doing like a solo thing, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know. I mean, who wants to see Warren D. Martini solo? Right now, the only two original members in Rat are Juan Crucier and Stephen Piercy. Not even the Blots? No, they had a huge falling out. For a second there, oh. Blots was out with his own version of Rat, and he was the only oh. member. <laughs> That's right. There, there was a lawsuit about yeah. that, too. Yep. And he lost. I saw them at the House of Blues maybe five years ago. It was like one of the first shows with all of them back, obviously, except Robin Crosby. Blotcher's like on the phone with, with Don Henley. He's like, help me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, How do you do this? More than five years ago. But, I mean, it was like, it was a great show. Warren Martini was awesome. Yeah, really good. Um, and Stephen Piercy sounds good. Have you guys heard Piercy's solo records? He just had like, like in the last Dude, two. Where, where have you been? Solo records. Michael was like moist Bloody. talking about Stephen Piercy solo records. They're pretty good. No, our, he was like the the Arcadia band that he was in. It, it sounds like Rat. It's it, and again, if you like Rat, and I, I love I'm, Rat. I'm telling you, he has he has two. Uh, two solo records, 
He had one come out last year called View to a Thrill and a one okay. year before that called Smash. And they're both really good. <laughs> yeah. These guys, like, I could do a service. Just yeah. like a couple of bucks a month. Yeah. You send me titles. You submit the record to you and you're like, nope. Like, just send me the title and I'll be like, let's rework this. Yeah. yeah. And I'll give you a new one. Let's bring it back. Let's start. All right. All right. Gary sort of started underrated already. Well, did he? That's the question. That's right. You okay. get three, buddy. You get he three. Did. So who's your thing? Stop trying to take away Sammy Hagar from him. Jesus. Yeah, he, 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 he. <laughs> All right. So who, who wants to continue with underrated? David. I already started with Scott Gorham. Yes. No, that was your you, third. You, that you was your Sammy third Hagar. best. Your first underrated was Sammy Hagar. No, you have two wishes I, remaining. I said that you know Scott Finley and Scott Gorham is not talked about often. So Scott is yes one of my favorites, but underrated as far as what so-called critics would say. If that makes sense. No, I didn't think so. Does that go on both lists for you? It does. Okay. So you got two now. You got him and you got Sammy Hagar. All right. So I'm going to throw down here with my what, one of my uh, underrated guitarist selections, Mick Mars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Let, let, let the peals of laughter ring out. Um, Whew, okay. For a band that does not necessarily have uh, a lot of virtuosity to it uh it kind of like the cornerstone the cornerstone to their sound is mick mars guitar uh you know you you, you never you know you no one's going to like list uh you know nikki six among the top bases uh tommy lee is a is a fair to middling drummer Vince Neil does all right when he's not mispronouncing the lyrics that uh, Nikki has written for the band. Uh, but the, the, the snarling guitar sound of, of, of Mick Mars is just so distinct. It really gives like so much of like the, the kind of like cruddy, gritty flavor to every song, whether you like them or not, whether they're good songs or not. It's, it's his effort and his sort of like distinct sound which I always like liken to sort of like a like a an idling motorbike or like a motocross sort of like you know uh, uh, motorcycle just kind of like just revving. There's there's always just like some sort of like a like a gritty energy you know to, to his sound uh, and, and to see him perform you know he he is not like a, he he's not a flashy player. You know, it, it basically just kind of like workman-like uh, style. Uh, but uh, when you when you put on their records and you think about like some of their great songs, whether it's uh, "Kickstart My Heart" or uh, "Wild Side" or uh, "Shout at the Devil," you know, he he is definitely the 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 person who's bringing like a lot of the the sort of uh, the, the texture or the, the sort of dynam dynamism of uh, of their particular songs makes them. Uh, much more of a metal band uh, than they would otherwise be. So let the laughter continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think McMars is a solid choice. I mean, uh, he's in a group filled with huge personalities. 
and never says a word. He just sort of creepily hangs out in the back with his curved spine and, <laughs> and does his job. Uh, you know, I, I, I when we did the Dirt episode, I said this, and, and I'll say it again. I don't love Motley Crue's music. I love I, I love Motley Crue as a concept. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I, I dig their look. There's songs that Motley Crue made that I love. There's songs that Motley Crue made that I cannot stand. Um, I think their albums are super uneven. Um, yeah. But the greatest hits Motley Crue record is pretty good, top to bottom. Which one? Greatest hits. Uh, like, like, hits. like if you were just to take a smattering. I mean, I, I think yeah. Shout of the Devil is really great, top to bottom. But I mean, after that, things get pretty rocky. It's a 50-50 band like, for me like as far as records go too fast for love yeah i, I mean love yeah me. anything me. after shadow the devil's rough yes yeah. it is yeah but, but again i think and that's almost sort of like uh just just part of the whole experience where every band's first record is going to be the most feral it's going to sure. be the most sort of like raw and uh, most creative, and then everything else after that, if they manage to make a second record, is like, okay, so you guys are exhausted from touring. We're going back into the studio. What do you, what kind of new songs do you have? It's like, uh, shit, I guess, can we cover a Beatles song? All right, let's, let's do that. <laughs> you know, or, or can we can we cover, like, uh, you know, Brownsville Station song? And, you know, and, and again, that just becomes part of, you know the, the 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 unfortunate rigors of the road, where you know you're not uh, you're not you don't have like all of that sort of like built up material that that has been club tested for years that then becomes your first record. And so yeah, yeah, Motley Crue is definitely victims of their own success. Uh, we talked about Van Halen too, and you know it, when you tour, uh, it's uh, it's a rough ride, and you're not going to like put out a lot of great uh, material. Um, yeah, the touring is a good point. I mean, they were on the road from record one, so. Oh, yeah. So what, what else we got for uh, underrated I'm guitarists? Gonna... David, David, did you give us one? No, no, I'm due. Uh, I'm going with Tommy Vetterly, the guitarist of Coroner. I, I don't know Tommy. Oh, come on. He goes sometimes by Tommy T. Barron. Oh, that one. Yes. Uh, no, go on. <laughs> well you'll have to check it out you'll have to check it check out the uh their first yeah, record is great not very band. well not very well produced their second record punishment for decadence are they thrash yeah okay like te they were that crossover like thrash technical death metal type sound uh, you know it had, it had a lot of influence on me as a kid um but they were like roadies they met as roadies for celtic frost cut their first demo like their first half of their first record i think they wrote with um with Tom Warrior singing, and then um, okay, they found great. they found a bass player and all this. A bass player sings. Um, check check out the uh, check out the track "Masked Jackal." Great tune. Masked Jackal. Um, that was like their hit. They had a they had a video for it and all that stuff. No, very very technical. Great songwriter. Uh, great live. Very excellent on record. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's my my first underrated guitarist. I'm making a note. That sounds good. I've never heard of them. Oh, they're super. And they get very, um, like their third and fourth record get, uh, you know, kind of experimental. It's pretty neat. 
Yeah, this article says they're the rush of thrash metal, which I I'm that's not that's in. not far off. That's an interesting sort of uh, yeah. way to describe them. Okay, I'll take it. always learning. Carry I'm gonna go, go to my underrated list. All right. The name I'm gonna pick is Chris DeGarmo from Queensrÿche. Okay. All right, from that would, where that would have been on my list too. From Queensrÿche. I think those early Queensrÿche albums, uh, DeGarmo is a wizard on and uh you know that band never never reached the stratosphere i guess they sort of did get kind of big with empire and but i mean they got big off a of ballad not uncommon for a lot of bands from that era but uh what is that silent lucidity that one yeah which okay. is, yeah, not yeah. a good song no. but i mean it's like those those early Queensryche records the, the first record and warning and rage for order up to mind crime which i consider really almost a perfect record i think chris carmo is fantastic yeah that's 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 a real solid selection for uh for underrated guitars because again there's there's two guitarists in the band um chris wilton i think is the is the other guitarist um if i remember correctly Again, like such such like a, a powerful debut record, like uh, the warning, and, and again, like they have like such a distinct sound to them, and uh, the, the they 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 weren't like anything really. Would in my first experience, like anything else that I had listened to, it's like they didn't sing about like chicks or parties or like the devil. Yeah, they were they were from Washington, you know, and they they were from Seattle. <laughs> they were removed from from what was going down in LA at the time, even though their records came out um, at the same time. I mean, what year did the warning come out? 83? 84. 84. Yeah. I mean, they hit at the time that that music was coming into its own. Rage for Order came out like, what, 86, 87? No, uh, no, no, it wasn't. That. It was maybe 86, yeah. Yeah. 86. You know, and that was that was prime time. For this type of music and they blew it open in mind crime you know i remember we saw them open for metallica yep and uh, yeah, for later they were headlining off that record rightly so yeah and, and again like uh go back and listen to those records and, and to pay attention to to the guitar and i, and I know like queen's Rick often gets kind of like lumped conveniently into the sort of like prog uh sort of cat category because there is a a sort of more i don't know what what you would say more sort of uh technical experimental more, more well, yeah there's there's definitely like this, storytelling as well it's not i mean that's a good yeah. point you make about they're not singing about cars they're not singing about chicks they're singing about yeah. revolution and and overthrowing oppression and not a lot of bands were doing that in that scene at the time mm -hmm. yeah and, and again because like there's there's well, nothing, I mean, there's nothing, history but there's nothing sexy about queen's is the thing too you are correct but, uh, <laughs> i'm gonna tell you i've never heard a queen's song in my life i i, I remember i've heard enough to recognize yeah. what it was and then change the channel mike I, this is on you <laughs> I, I don't that's that's your fault, David. I, I I'm, gonna, I'm gonna confess. I'm gonna confess to you in the world right now. Well, yeah, I think you you already mentioned the you don't like Jeff Tate's voice. I don't like the way he looks. Start with the warning and then just go right to Mind Crime. And Mind Crime is so damn good, top, top to bottom. Of his face. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, like uh, I, 
Don't I, I, think, I think I remember going to California Music, and I got uh, Big Rage for Order and Slippery When Wet at the same time. I was probably with started. you. That if sounds he, like yeah. a weird combo. And, both, and, and the records both smell like corn chips. If, if he, I'll tell you what, if Jeff Tate in 1984 and 85, whenever these records came out, 88 was my crime. If he looked then like he looks now, I probably would have listened to Queen Drake. Right. Yeah. I mean, he had the the odd pompadour with the, you like know. The pompadour and the, eye, the eyebrows? Did he yeah, have his dude, eyebrows done? That voice, the register. I mean, Mind Crime is really oh. just, I mean, it's one of the best records. From he that. looks like uh, an extra in like that Chris Angel show. Yeah. Look. Again, they, they they had a really sort of just uh, listen to the record. Like it, it's, it's I'll, so I'll good. try. I listen. I tried Dio this week, and I liked it. I can't see myself liking liking. Uh, I don't know, man. I, so I, I would I would I would challenge you, David. Just like uh, throw on uh, Rage for Order Rage because for it, it has like so many sort of like he weird said something else going on there, and it, it's it, 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 it's such I, a. I think Rage for Order is a trickier album to get it's, into. It. It, it's so, trickier, and, and I think that in that regard, it might be more rewarding in the sense so. that there's. There's there's a lot of really interesting studio tricks they do with that. A lot of uh, really sort of sophisticated uh, uh, production, mm. and uh, again, it's 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 I, it's a it's a difficult thing to say, uh, but it's like a really intelligent record. It's like they have uh, yeah, we're still talking about Queen Trek. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I and, know and, nothing about. And, 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 but but thank again, you. It, thank it, you, it, Carrie Cardi. It's definitely because it isn't it's like my, it's my spirit animal right now. Operation Mindfire sold very well. Yeah, but but again, Queen Trek is not sexy, and Queen Trek is not cool. They, they they get into that prog category of like bands like Rush or Dream Theater, where it's like, yeah, I really love the music of it, but it's like everyone's gonna go see the Poison show. <laughs> It's just you know that's, that's, that's I mean that's, that's their competition. Right. Mindcrime's competition was open up and say ah, right? Like I said, it's like I, I bought I, I bought Rage for Order Nothing and but a good uh, time. Is that everyone went at the same time, and we all know how that worked out. Yep, one sold twenty million copies, and the other one was Operation Mindcrime. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or it was actually like rage for order. It's like, oh yeah, who? What? <laughs> right. All right. Nothing but a good time. Uh, every rose has its thorn. The logins a mess in a song. Look, but you can't touch. There's a good time. Yeah, I don't know. The right first there. poison record, I think, is great. The Bad second. to be good. Mm. Yeah, they. You know, they. They. they they came on really strong. All right. Tough. Go with underrated. Right. Is that your uh, way of saying CC DeVille, David? No, hell no. Oh, okay. Who, who's doing the next one? Well, you. Uh, Carrie's up. Uh, no, Carrie's got two out of the way. So whoever. Michael? Mike. All right. So I am going to go down my list here and say John Sykes. Great. Mm. Mm. All right. So if you don't know who John Sykes is, uh, he was a guitarist in Thin Lizzy, uh, as were plenty of people. 
and uh, in, in their various sort of like uh, permutations. Uh, but he he broke on to the scene probably in, in most people's sort of experience uh, as a guitarist for White Snake. <laughs> the entirety uh, of White Snake. Not the entirety oh, of White Snake. Only the seven record, right? What's that? I think I think he's only on the 1987 record. He is on on the self titled White Snake record. He is the guitarist. Uh, who uh, was definitely there for the the writing and the recording of the album. Uh, but by the time they actually get around to doing some videos and all that other stuff, uh, he, he's been replaced by, I don't know who, who replaced him. Right. He uh, was Adrian Vandenberg and, and Vivian Campbell. And then went on to blue murder. Then he went on to blue murder. And uh, so that's like a power three piece there with, uh, with, with Carmen apiece. And uh, just and, and he he does the vocals on that, yeah. And again, just uh, just really powerful sort of guitar work. Uh, and 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 again, I just, just underrated. I think maybe just kind of like uh, or unsung, maybe just completely unknown. I, I uh, agree. But, but he again, was in Tigers of Pantang also those early records, the Tigers records. He's on. Okay. All right. Yep. That that makes sense. I was just listening to them like uh, earlier this week, and I didn't make I didn't make that connection at all. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So like I said, maybe unsung, but maybe mostly unknown, and uh, kind of a guy who just kind of like you know since since the, the couple I think Blue Murder managed two records, and then he just kind of like uh, just wandered in the fog of the of the nineties. Uh, and and I think it's just more recently reemerged. I think you, you see him show up at one point on uh, uh, that metal show, and it's like, oh yeah, you guys remember John Sykes? Still alive? Oh, shit, you know, like with with without John Sykes and the shit that he did there, you wouldn't have like the the White Snake explosion, uh, which I guess most people would be fortunate for. Uh, nevertheless, <laughs> he played on their best records. But uh, it, it absolutely is that there's there's not there's not a, a little bit of dead wood on that record. Sorry, that that's why it sold so much. Just it just it was uh, an irresistible album. All right. So that's that's that's, that's my second uh, underrated or, or unsung guitar hero. Who are we moving on to, Carrie? It, it, I find it tough because every time I think of a guitar player. In our field of metal, I love most of them. So to come up with underrated ones, to me, it's very hard. Uh, and I was cheating, and I punched in underrated metal guitarist. And I was surprised to see Jeff Hanneman pop up. Yeah. And I think a reason for that is, once again, it's because of the style of music. You know, no nobody other than us metalheads are going to know who that is. Yeah. And I mean, also, I think he's in a band where he's overshadowed by Kerry King. If anything, just by look, you know, he, he doesn't have uh, an armband filled with nails uh, to keep up with that. But I think, you know, once Hanneman passed away, a lot of people sort of spoke in reverence about how much he contributed to Slayer. And uh, yeah, I, yeah I, you know, people look back at his work as, as really fantastic. And rightly so. Yes, thank you, John. Yeah, he's great. 
But no, nobody mentioned Kerry King as like uh, in their top three. Well, that's kind of what John and I were just discussing. Yeah. Yeah. Scott. <laughs> what was that? That was David. <laughs> David, how about you? Uh, uh underrated. I don't. I'm kind of with Carrie on this. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think I have a lot. Like I said, like Buckethead was on both of my lists. Yeah. Um, and I kind of feel like from a from a popular standpoint, everybody except for Michael. Everybody and well and and John, everybody on the list could be on the underrated list. I like that, except for Michael. Hey, wow. head job. I'm not sure what he's saying to. I just like the way he said it. Yeah. Um, I don't know who head job is. <laughs> Probably me. No, I said John. Oh yeah. I said that John. Yeah, head job. And John. He said head job. Well, that's how you get yourself a nickname right there. Here we go. (laughs) Um, I'm going to throw out two. Do you have an underrated that you're thinking of? Just, I mean, you know a lot of guitars that we don't. Well, you know, but I mean, I think about guys that could use a little, that that deserve a little more attention. Sure. Right? And the, the I'm a guy that needs more attention. You are a guy that needs more attention. Michael can help you <laughs> with that. Now he's playing with his hand puppet. Uh, I thought that was you. Wow. Um so That's so when I think a- about the guys that need or could use a little more attention, you know, it's like I look at the, the three names that jumped to mind, and one of the names came up already, Vivian Campbell. Uh, another name that could have come up. I'm surprised, not surprised it didn't come up. Brad Gillis. Yep. Neil Sean. Guys that any day of the week could walk on stage, fill in note for note for another guitar player, and you wouldn't even blink. Yep. All right. Well, and and, and that they're and that they're productive musicians on their own. Yep. Dave, I'm writing these down. Say them again. Uh, Vivian Campbell. Okay. Neil Dave's, Sean. Dave's favorite band, Dio. Dio, that's right. Brad Gillis. And Brad Gillis. Like great guitar players yeah. who they don't get a lot of credit because they what they end up doing in their careers is stepping in and playing somebody else's music. Now, you know who's not on that list? Tommy Thayer, who did the same thing, but Tommy yeah. Thayer sucks. But we know how you feel about Tommy. And he knows he knows as well. <laughs> yes, because I told him. Right, he's still thinking about it. That fucking shit reference number eight sheds a tear. Lays <laughs> <laughs> his head on this uh, big pillow. I'm not writing that name down. No, don't write that name. <laughs> it sucks. Mike underrated. Okay. Oh, back to me. Sure. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna go with. Uh, Alex Lifeson. Oh my God! I was just gonna say that I had two Underrated. that I was gonna go with, but but speak about Alex because I completely agree. You know, it's he's in a band where he gets overshadowed by the drummer. Which is that the only band that happens? Um, oh, well, you you could say that he gets uh, he gets overshadowed by the fact that the the drummer of the band is is Neil Part, um, or he gets overshadowed by the fact that one of the greatest bassist is is also in the band getty lee yeah uh, 
It's so, a band of wizards. And to say that he's like a, he just stumbled into the job and is some blithering idiot, um, you know, completely underestimates like his contribution to the band. And, and again, going on over 40 years, Rush has put out consistently, you know, great music, uh, really uncompromising. And again, we, we made the prog connection there already with Queensryche and, yeah, Rush doesn't. Rush is not a sexy band. Rush doesn't sing about chicks and cars and parties and stuff. Um, not even in the early days. Not even in the early days. Sing about druids and trees. Yeah, it, it, again, it's they're uh, they're definitely on their own wavelength, and and again, it, it so it, it takes like a special sort of discipline to kind of keep the music interesting. Maybe I never noticed because I'm a working man. Yeah. <laughs> Ding. You got one like. <laughs> you guys done talking about Rush now? I, I no, I mean I'm I'm gonna throw in another vote to, to second Mike on Rush. I love oh Rush. Gosh, I, I yeah. think spiritually, uh I don't know if you guys have heard Coheed and Cambria, no. but uh very much along the same lines of Rush and and the guitarist in that band. Uh, the frontman Claudio Sanchez and the guitarist Trevor uh, Trevor Travis Stever, uh, mm-hmm. they're great. Um, very much like Rush. And if there is no Rush, uh, I, I think these guys are a great band. They're not that young anymore. They have five or six albums, but uh, worth checking out if you if you dig that style of hard rock. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, like uh, Prague gets it's like a, a bad rap. Uh, it, because it, it it's 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 so the, the emphasis is on the sort of virtuosic sort of like performance and 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 dealing with uh, topics and time changes that other bands just don't really have any interest in. It's you know they don't do verse chorus verse. They don't do like verse chorus solo. You know you know bridge all that sort of stuff. There's there's the the song structures are so much more sophisticated and 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 again my my experience with rush was just almost sort of like accidental um like uh, i got like a a trove of uh columbia house records (laughs) right and i got like all those cassettes and it's like oh yeah well i i i think i noticed this band rush got mentioned in you know circus magazine or something so it, it showed up, but it was like two years or something that I put it on Power Windows and just really started listening to it. And well, I'm glad to hear that I wasn't the only young person that got suckered into that Columbia House bullshit. <laughs> if anything, we were the ones suckering them. Like, yeah. I don't know how many fake names I created for a penny to get 10 records. I wasn't yeah. smart enough back then to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but if you, if you if you if you got if you got like the wrong offer, you'd have to like buy like ten records at full price. And uh, you just get the ten records and send the card back saying that person doesn't live here. End of yeah. story. Wow, <laughs> they had the full yeah. Ann Murray catalog for hey, sure. Don't, don't okay. say nothing bad about Madonna. <laughs> yeah, I, new record. I got I got. I got Dio Holy Diver from Columbia Records. Oh, wow. Every part of that penny. I hope they're paying yeah. attention right now. All right. All right. So I, I threw I threw out some uh, Alex Lice in there. That's my three there. So my three were. Uh, well, you John got one Fox, left, John Harden. Harden. And, uh, Alex Lison. You know, my, my last underrated, I'm going to go with Vito Brada. I was wondering if somebody's going to. I literally 
when I was thinking through this, I was like, who's, who's got a really like recognizable style, a solo that jumps to my mind. And yeah. it wasn't it Vito brought the stupid beginning of that solo for weight. Yeah. But I mean that entire album, the first white lion record and, and actually the second record too, I think he does really great playing on and, uh, he disappeared. Oh, here we go. Everyone stop. David has the act. Yeah, I, I, I oh. think I could whip it up in a couple of minutes. <laughs> but no. yeah, he disappeared. I think after he left White Lion, he just went off into the ether. And I don't know what he does now. I, I, yeah. I've heard he just, uh, he sort of left music behind him, which is, uh, which is a sad case for me because I really like him. Vito Brada. You, you, your choice was Vito Brada, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't really have have a third. I mean, maybe maybe my third. <coughs> um, I think Slash is an underrated. Oh, <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> That's he's rated. He's oh, just rated. But he's, I don't think he's rated. No one says uh, Slash is an amazing great. guitarist. But I and love Slash's sound. Reason. Yeah. yeah, Chris. I don't, what was the other one? He we're we're we're, we're uh, we, he he wasn't able to like get his third one in. No, he he did say a third name, which I was unrecognizable to me. I said Slash, but it was a highly upsetting. He said Chris DeGarmo, Vito Brada. That's from it. White Lion. Yep, Vito Bravo. Brada, two T's. B R A T T A. Says he has not made music since '92. Yeah. So yeah. there you he go. Could, he, did, yep. he did a total, uh, you know, Andrew Wrigley. Just like now. I'm going to do my own thing. Which I don't know what that thing is. Does it say, David? No. Landscaping. I Yeah, I, who knows? I mean, Jakey Lee, I dig as well. And I think, you know, he contributed to some really great Aussie records before, like every guitarist does, has a falling out with Sharon. Uh, <laughs> and moves along. I think he did great work in Badlands after that. And uh, disappeared for 20 years, and the Red Dragon Cartel records are great too. Yeah, yeah so it looks like uh, he took care of his father, Vito Bravo. Yeah, yeah, in- injured his wrist, and has a hard time playing. Okay, said he never ruled out coming back, but now he's got family and his wrist injury. I mean, I, I don't know who's waiting by the door for a White Lion reunion, but uh, uh, well, you, I, I, you know what, I'd watch it. Why not? Yeah. What's what's uh, what's the lead singers? Mike Tramp. Mike, Mike Tramp. Yeah. He he uh, he he tours and does solo stuff. Yeah. He's 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 still like cashing in on that. But the thing is, is it's like I I don't know. It's like I don't want to see White Lion without Vito Brada. I, oh yeah. Well, and I mean, we we were joking about Richie Sambora earlier, but it's the same thing. Like I don't, don't want to see White Lion without Richie Sambora. There was a time where everybody wanted to see White Lion, Carrie. I mean, I, that record was huge. The first one. Listen, dude, when the children cry, the, the, the second one you're referring. You got to let them know we've tried. Uh, pride. I when I hear them, the Pride record. Yeah, right. Is that is that the second? Uh, I think no. that's the second. There was one before that. It was just oh, called okay. White Lion. Got it. Which one's got? Didn't they do Radar Love? Yes. Yes. The second record. Big that game. That's a record. record. Big game. I know too much about White Lions. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> when you guys were watching them at some show, I was at Overkill listening to Hello from the Gutter. Dave. Of course you were. <laughs> Hello. 
Hello. Yeah. <laughs> from the Hello from the Hello. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll. You know who I'll sneak in underrated? Who's metal, but not probably not so much anymore. Ace Freely. Larry Lalonde. <laughs> uh, Larry Lalonde is pretty great. Yeah, he played in Possessed, and oh uh, yeah. and now he's in and now he's in Primus. Yep. What was the other guy's name in Possessed? I liked him better. Actually. Vito Brada. <laughs> <laughs> Richie <Yeah>. Sambora. <laughs> Randy Rose. That's it. <laughs> all right. So so let me let me recap these for us all. Just because I don't want you anyone to forget. Are are there other guitarists uh, that we want to uh, just kind of like name check? Well, you know, you know what I was thinking, Mike, and it, I thought about this while I was trying to put this list together. But I think there's a lot of great guitarists that get sidelined, maybe because they're part of a duo. So you take the two yeah. the two guitarists in the Scorpions, not now the three guitarists in Iron Maiden. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those he's, guys, he's their walker. I mean, I fucking right. love Iron Maiden. They're, they might be my favorite metal band of all time, but you can't pick one or the other because they trade off on the solos and they trade off on the rhythm guitar. Even on the records, they trade off. So That's right, yeah. Um, so you know, I, Murray. I, I keep, Ad, you know, Adrian Smith and Dave Murray, I think are incredible guitarists, but I can't separate them. That's right. Um, you, can't, you can't separate Tipton and Downing. I, I, Tipton and Downing. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like the the uh, what is it? Uh, Rudolph Shanker and um, yeah, Matthias Jabs. Matthias Jabs. I mean, the Scorpions have phenomenal guitar work, but yep. you can't yep. take one without the other. Um, you know, I, I, I guess that's a different show, but there's there's no, so many. No, and, and like we, we had like a thread for a while there, like great, like, uh, you know, you know, dueling, you know, like twin guitars, you know, and, and, and again, there's like so many bands like kind of depend upon that. And again, like, yeah, you know, Anthrax. Metallica, Metall yeah, again, like if you got two guitars, you know, I, I know like uh, uh, Malcolm Young. It's like great rhythm guitars. And it's like, okay, well, he's not going to be a guitar god. Because yeah, no one mentioned his Angus. Brother, his brother is Angus, and he's the one who's on the album covers, and he's like kind of like their mascot uh, for the band. Um, but, I, you know, I'd put him in with with the, the slashes of this world. You know what I mean? He's rated. He gets the respect yeah. that he gets. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think he's the but greatest. He's pretty, but he's pretty, definitely but he's not, not underrated. He's not topping anyone's list, though. No. What about Joe Perry? You throw Joe Perry in there? No. I think Joe Perry might be underrated, actually. You okay. Think he's yeah. better than people think he is. A bit. No. I'm, right. I'm thinking Joe Perry is great because the Bullet Boys wrote a song called Ode to Joe. I mean, uh, really? say no more. Yeah. Did, Ugly Kid Joe have any songs about Joe Perry? No, they named their band Joe. <laughs> the band is named Joe. Love they What's uh? How so about who, Ugly Kid Joe? Who, who would you want? Ugly Kid Joe. Who would you want to bring a guitar to your backyard barbecue? Shit. I'm gonna say Slash because that would just be. Fun. I, bet, I bet he doesn't know any songs. Slash doesn't know any songs. He'd be like, he'd be like, you want me to play Welcome to the Jungle? 
Just pretend well, I got the echo on. <laughs> yeah, for an eight-hour barbecue, we're gonna listen. Yeah, to I'm I'm like, we're sitting around. Oh, I Sammy Hagar to bring a guitar because then it can at least sing too. I want, I want fucking James Taylor to show up. That, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like, if if one of these guys, how about you, uh, you how got about the, the you got the the fire pit going, the lights are low, everybody's laying around full of burgers. Oh, no, it's a different thing. Well, well, it's always been that theme. You're just catching up. <laughs> now, Cheryl Crow. If, if the lights are low and the barbecue's going, I want Cheryl Crow. <laughs> yeah. I, I produced a video for that fine lass. Yeah. How about Did you? Really? Yeah. Soak up the sun. Did you actually met her and talked to her? Sure. Good gal? Very nice. She yeah, seemed we got like in Hawaii. Like, and she's hot too. God knows how long ago, fifteen years. Uh, other other guitarists that we want to just like name check that we don't uh, leave out because we just had yeah, to like. You know, I think we we had an offline discussion about Warren Demartini. I think he's great on the early Rat records. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, the, the, the Dan Spitz and Scott Ian from Anthrax. Yeah. yeah. Alex Skolnick. Absolutely. Uh, Max Calavera. David Timoney. <laughs> I, I, oh, yeah. A night in heaven, I'm telling you. If night you can get a copy of that, oh, if we're going oh. back to the lights are low, I just made my decision. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I sat on a cake. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, now I'm really scared. <laughs> who else? Who else? Who else but I'm not now. No, that, that's going to ruin you for cake for, for, for a while now. Uh, Richie Blackmore. No, oh, come on. Nah. What? Well, come on. Smoke on the water? You think he's you think he's underrated? You're you're oh, throwing no, out underrated. Just like we, we didn't mention him. I just yeah. didn't want Yeah. I didn't want him to think that we didn't mention him. I don't think he cares. He I might. Yeah. I think he's uh, how about Fernando von Arb of Crocus? <laughs> huh? Come on. Where would we be? Swiss rocker Fernando von Arm tonight. Long stick yeah. goes shit. How about, about I'll tell you, you know, you know who we have not, we haven't mentioned is uh, yeah, it's been no no mention of uh, of Dave Mustaine. I was just gonna say that him and Marty Friedman, Marty like, Friedman, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, and, uh, who's the who's the other guy from Cacophony? Um, got Lou Gehrig's now, Jason Becker, yep. All right, they did that. They did that that uh, duo thing. Yeah, uh, Dimebag. Yeah, Dimebag. No. David Chastain. Diamond uh, Daryl. Okay, there you go. That's, Ooh. that's a blast from the past. David Chastain. Uh, he was in the band called Chastain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, Tom Morello? I like Tom Morello. Yeah, Tom Morello is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. What, yeah. What, if, but could we call him metal? Not really. No. But, it, but, uh, but I mean, that's an innovator. Over. I mean, if we're just talking guitarist as a whole, I, yeah. he's definitely someone yeah. who I like to hear, no matter what he's yeah. doing. I, there's a yeah. there's a few guys like that. Jerry Cantrell. Uh, yeah. Kim well, Thale. Kim Dave Thale. Dimini. Brian May. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
throw in the you know well we we could go on and on with sure. like great great guitars that kind of define a, a band sort of sound their sort of image in a way um but uh yeah definitely i think we've, we've covered a lot of ground here people who are listening to this podcast or uh, following us on facebook like a, a lot of opportunities to chime in and uh please disagree please offer up some other uh uh overlooked uh either top three best guitarist or you know the the top three most underrated guitarists again the whole point of this is to to have fun and have some conversation nigel tufnell there you go (laughs) let's end there nigel tufnell there you go how about the the skiffle band he was in (laughs) (laughs) yeah the mighty wind (laughs) There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Solid. Ugh. All right. Thanks for listening to middle-aged metalheads. I'd love to be able to thank these gentlemen, but all they did is make my blood boil with their top guitar players and their underrated guitar players. That's for nice. Michael Stamps, for John Harden, for Kerry Cardi, and for me, David Timoney, I'd like to thank you for listening. Uh, chime in online. Give us a call. Give us a message. And you might be our next in-studio guest for middle-aged metalheads podcast.